In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Jesus is not an idea, Jesus is not a doctrine, Jesus is not a belief system. Jesus is not an ethical proposition. Jesus is not a mythic hero. Jesus is a human being. Jesus is real flesh and blood just as we are flesh and blood. Jesus is born human just as we are born human. Too often our reaction is to say, yes, but... 
We look to make qualifications against the plan of the God of Israel. How we object could God save by becoming one of us? We prefer to hear of the divine nature of Jesus, not insignificantly born, covered in the water and blood of birth, human Jesus. But the writer of the book of Hebrews, a father of the early church, would scream back at us saying, since the children share in flesh and blood, he likewise partook of the same nature. He had to be made like us in every respect. Every respect. Jesus of Nazareth shares our humanity. In order to share our humanity, he had to be born just as we are born, in blood, sweat, and tears. Why is this birth such a big deal? Why has this season been set apart and separated since December 25th of 336 A.D.? Why have human beings been celebrating this one birth in myriads of cultures, civilizations, and places for so very many years? Why do Christians and non-Christians alike exchange gifts, endure horribly sentimental Hallmark movies, bake truckloads of cookies, and buy stuff they can't afford in celebration of a season originally meant to mark this one birth? Listen, Christmas Eve has such a powerful draw that it attracts people to worship who might not show up the rest of the year except maybe Easter. Even people who have no use for the church at all are sentimental about the Christmas season. They exchange cards with presents on them that say the most wonderful time of the year. I beg to differ. I mean, honestly, doesn't Christmas get on your nerves a little bit? Perfect gift, Hallmark movies everywhere you turn. People grumpy in the cashier's line, honking their horns at each other mad about Christmas. Most wonderful time of the year. Why? If you don't believe in Jesus, why are you even exchanging presents? Oh, but the draw of it, the draw of it, the draw of it, all because of one birth. But is this not just another birth? A child was born. Big deal. It happens every single day. Every single day. And it likely happened every single day back then. The most accepted date range for Jesus' birth is between 6 and 4 B.C. Some Gregorian monk dude messed up the zero thing. That's 2,025 years ago. And yet here you are celebrating one birth. 2,025 years ago. Man, maybe we should take stock of that. I want to share some data with you. I found this at ourworldanddata.com. Doesn't it excite you to hear the preacher's going to share data with you? Oh, man, that's great. Listen to this. The world has increased in population from 1 billion in 1800 A.D. to 7.7 billion today. That's a lot. 
in a very short time. From 2011 to 2015, the population of the world increased by 700 million, which means that there were approximately 700 million births in the last four years. Probably more if you include deaths. Around 108 billion people have lived on this planet at one time or another. 108 billion. Most humans don't live past 100, so if the world's current population is almost 8 billion, it's likely there have been many more than 8 billion births in the last year alone. But here we are, gathered in celebratory worship due to one birth out of at least 108 billion births. Do you see the magnitude of that church? I think that's significant and we should take note of it. One out of 108 billion people born in this world and here we are remembering Him. In the common idiom, we might could say He's one in a million. I think I should ask you all who are gathered here because of this one birth, who is this baby Jesus to you? Who is He to you? What brought you here? Why does He matter to you? Is He just another baby among billions of babies? Or is He significant enough to require that we celebrate this one birth in worship while ignoring the other 179,999,999 hundreds of thousands and 999 births through human history? Do you see that? That's incredible. Why are we here? Who is He to you? What brought you here at 6.30 on a night when you could be sitting at home watching Jeopardy? Why do we gather and worship to remember this one child? Well, Luke's story had some clues for us. I hope you heard them. The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a nothing town called Nazareth to a young teenager named Mary to a young virgin. And the angel told her, you will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. Jesus is the English rendering of the Greek Jesus, which is the Greek rendering of the Hebrew Yeshua or Yahashua. They all mean God saves or God is salvation. He will be great, said the angel. He will be called the Son of the Most High, said the angel. He will be given the throne of His father David, said the angel. And His kingdom will never end. How can this be, asked the girl, as she noted her lack of a husband. And the angel responds, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now we are gaining some clarity. This one in 108 billionth birth 
is so significant because the one in 108 billion human born is the Son of God. So the creed echoes, He is incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, God become truly human. Mary's baby is the Son of God. Mary's baby is the Son of Man. He is God come to be one of us. To take our nature. And in Him, Paul said, the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in bodily form. I'm reminded of one of my favorite quotes about Christianity's relationship to other religions by the Reverend Timothy Keller. He said, every other religion has a founder that says, I'll show you the way to God. Only Christianity of all the major world religions has a founder that says, I am God, come to find you. This seemingly insignificant child born to a seemingly insignificant teenager in a seemingly insignificant backwater town on an insignificant year in a seemingly insignificant night is God come to us as one of us to save us from sin and death, to reconcile us to Himself. God come to find us and give us a new birth. This child is born so that you can be reborn. Oh, dear ones. We are refugees excluded from the paradise of God by our sin, by the empirical powers of sin and death. And so God the Son came to us as a refugee, giving up the paradise of heaven, forced from His home because of a Roman decree. He became a refugee to be one of us. Refugees from the Garden of Eden. His mother was displaced by a political claim of one who said that he was the son of the divine Augustus. In the face of empirical power, the unborn Jesus hardly registers as a king. He was so insignificant that no one made room for him. I bet the innkeeper would have turned somebody out if Caesar had shown up, don't you? But for this child, there's no pressure to make room. So he's given birth to in the lower floor of someone's house or a cave, both of which were where they kept their livestock. He was laid in a feeding trough the bread of heaven come to be the bread of life in a town called the house of bread. He was laid in a feeding trough in a room that smelled like water, blood, rust, sweat, and decaying hay matted with animal dung. His lowly circumstances belie his significance. We could mistake him for impoverished nothingness itself. Just another human being with nothing about him that would demand our attention or our compassion. One more person for us to throw away in pursuit of everything we want. 
I mean, honestly, if you were going to make up a story about the birth of the king of Israel, would this be the story you would write? Would you not come up with better circumstances than these? So God sends messengers to the outcasts, to the low-brow people of that society, the shepherds. An angel appears on the plains of Bethlehem and made more angelic claims. About this one in 108 billion baby. The angel shows up shouting, Be not afraid. Be not afraid. And I don't think he's talking about just right then. I think that angel meant, Don't be afraid ever again. That after this night, there will no longer be need for this king's people to fear anything. Not empirical evil or even the powers of sin and death. After this night, there is no need for fear. And according to the angel, there is good news. A baby has been born. And just the birth of this child requires an announcement of a gospel. A good news and gospel in the original language means a good news of God's impending victory over sin, over evil, and the grave. According to the angel, Jesus' birth is great joy. Not just for the wealthy and significant, but for everyone else in the world for whom no one would make room, including the shepherds who heard this first good news. The angel says, Today in the town of David a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. The shepherds would have understood The angel was proclaiming the birth of the promised Messiah. The anointed one, the one, he is the one who will sit on the throne of David. He is the one whose kingdom will have no end. Not the wealthy and powerful Caesars who sit on their thrones built from the bones and blood of the oppressed, but this one in 108 billion who will build a kingdom by his own bones and blood. He is the one whose advent they waited for. He is the promised hope. He is the promised way. He is the promised joy. He is the promised peace. Mary's baby is the creator of the universe. Come down to us to be one of us. To be a partaker of our nature. To share in our flesh and blood. To come and to seek us. One of the 179,999,999,999. As Titus put it. By this one in 108 billion birth. The grace of God has appeared. Bringing salvation to all. Oh, dear ones, let us go to little Bethlehem and see this one one, one in 108 thing that the Lord has done and made known to us. I wonder, will you? Will you? Will you accept the good news that God is making known to you tonight? 
Yes, this is just another birth. Another human being ushered into a hard and cold world that wouldn't receive him and care not to know him. And we need that to be so. We need for him to be one of us, flesh and blood. For you see, dear ones, because he is one of us, he is eligible to pay the debt that we owe for our sin and our rebellion against God. Because he is one of us, he is able to pay our debt. Oh, and dear ones, because He is God incarnate, He is able. Yes, this is just another birth. But it is the one in 108 billion that changes all of history. So dear ones, I say to you, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Amen.